once I let go of that fear of dying, it allowed me to really embrace my being. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. This is the Inspiring Leaders podcast brought to you by Ubiquity.coach. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepofsky. I want to welcome back to the show all of our faithful subscribers and welcome all of our new listeners as well. We hope that you too will become subscribers so that you can benefit from all the wisdom and best perspectives that we present on every episode of the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Today we're here to talk about well-being, but not exactly in the way that many people tend to think of it. Joining us today to help us appreciate this topic more I've asked a good friend and respective colleague from New York to join us. Although she isn't a native New Yorker, you'll soon find out. Rada Kalaria is an inspiring keynote speaker, coach, and consultant who's fully devoted to empowering people and organizations to be who they are meant to be by tapping into their own uniqueness and innate resourcefulness. And once you hear a little bit more about Rada, you too will come to the same conclusion that I have, and that is that through her own journey, Rada has become fully and uniquely qualified to talk about the topic of well-being. Rada Kalaria, welcome to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Terry. I really appreciate the invite and this opportunity to share my message. Rada, before we get rolling here, I want to hear a little bit more about this topic of well-being with the emphasis on the being, but let's get to hear a few insights from you first into who you are and what motivates you. Let me ask you this, who or what inspires Radha and why? That's a great question. When you say who is Radha, it's still unfolding, so it's hard to have a definition which is complete. But in terms of what inspires me, I think the journey of unfolding as a human being and realizing innate resourcefulness is really inspiring to me. And I'm an adventure junkie, so I love exploring the user's manual, which we were not handed as human beings when we were born. So I'm kind of in making of that user's manual. Oh, I like that. The user manual for life. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still looking around for that one as well. I think I must have shipped without that one too. <laughs> so we have to create our own as we go. I like the way that you referred to this as being a journey, something that's constantly unfolding. Yes. Rada, you have a pretty comprehensive occupational background. You've worked in interior design, project management, client relations, and of course, several leadership roles. But as they say, we're not defined by the title on our business cards. Now, having known you for several years, I know that there's an amazing and inspiring story that shaped your message, your passions, and your mission. So if you don't mind, take us back, let's say about 10 years or so, and share with our audience how your story began, how it's unfolded since you moved to New York, and how you got started there. What's happening along the way that's giving you these incredible insights? I came here as a sophomore in college. I went to School of Visual Arts. 
got my bachelor's of interior design. This was 20 years back. Yeah. I was pretty much on the typical bandwagon as the rest of the population is, having a great career, getting married, and going about my typical corporate ladder, life ladder. It all sounds pretty typical so far. Ten years back, I was on this ladder. It's also more like a hamster wheel. Like you just keep going in circles and life keeps going. Oh, that's a good description, yeah. But 10 years back, all of a sudden, I was snapped out of that hamster wheel. I was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. My diagnosis was kind of very abrupt in the way it came about. I went on vacation to see my parents, and that's where I got diagnosed. And the diagnoses were extreme, like 30 days to live if you don't do anything. So I did go through the traditional chemotherapy and attended it right away. But soon I realized within those six months of chemo and the madness that our healthcare puts us through, I realized if I really have to live, I need to also snap out of this healthcare drama because I don't want a doctor to tell me if I'm going to live. I want to live on my own terms. I went completely off route and I went ahead and said, thank you, doctor. It was great meeting you and thank you for treating me. But now I want to go on my own journey of healing and making sure I survive. So since last 10 years, I haven't had any PET scans done. And I wanted that intentionally because a lot of times we live in fear. Fear really limits what is possible. Once I let go of that fear of dying, it allowed me to really embrace my being. And once I embraced that being part, I was able to not only be well, but I'm now a good human being, I can call it. It really starts with the being. Once you recognize that you are a being worth living, worth being well, worth being human, there are endless possibilities. Oh, I love what you said. Fear limits what's possible. Let go and embrace being. Yes. That's so powerful right there. So stage four cancer, you kind of let go of somebody else telling you what your prognosis is, Mm -hmm. and you started taking control internally. Is that right? Yes. I completely turned my focus within to find the cure and the healing. Usually what happens is when you're diagnosed with terminal illness, like I was diagnosed, our attention is always outside. We have all these questions. We have all these desires of getting treatment and being cured. We seldom realize that the power lies within ourselves. The doctor can give you medicine. And trust me, half of my family is doctors, so I can take the liberty to say this. They can give you medicines. They can only treat you halfway. But the other half has to be within. Our medical current system is not making us aware of that when they're treating us. If the doctor tells you up front, hey, listen, I will give you medicine and it will treat you 50%. But 50%, if you really want to live, you need to look within and try to see what caused you this disease. Because I also strongly believe that cancer is not just a regular disease. It's psychosomatic in nature. 
It has emotional, mental reasons of it occurring in my body, which then eventually physically showed up. But there are deep roots and those deep roots need to be explored and healed before you can be announced cured. Because that cure is not going to last. Within a couple of years, you're going to be back on this roller coaster of being diagnosed and treating it. It sounds like that decision to look inside and to take the time and learn how to look inside made a world of difference for you. Let's fast forward 10 years now. How are you doing now? If I were to describe it, excellent, fabulous, awesome, because (laughs) I am certain relying on myself. There is no other external dependency in terms of me being alive. It's a choice. I exercise that choice every single day. We all are mortal beings, so I hate to be the bad news bearer, but eventually there will be some reason of my demise. But I know for sure that every single day when I wake up and get out of bed, it's a choice for me to make the most of the day by living it fully. And a lot of us are missing out when it comes to living fully. We're just existing. We don't feel alive and we don't know what life even means sometimes. Talk about a powerful perspective for everybody to take that perspective into every single day and just live it as fully as they can. That sounds like a pretty tall order, though. So many things get in the way. We may start off with those right intentions to live every day fully, to look at the positive side of things, but challenges with a job or challenges with our spouse. Is there anything that you can tell us that help us through that? The way I try to heal, I took complete charge of every aspect of life. And rather than blaming and looking for answers outside, I just only concentrated within. So for example, if I am having a conflict with my partner or with my parents or with my boss, Rather than trying to focus on what is about them that needs to change or bothers me, I completely go within and I say, some part of me got triggered. What is that? How can I try to find a resolution so that next time I have interaction with the same person or similar situation, it doesn't get triggered? I think we are great at wanting everything to be in our control. As much as we like, life is unpredictable. There are times when we might not have the complete control that we want or we are looking for, and we are left at mercy of life or nature. In those moments, rather than feeling helpless, if we were to turn inward, we would still feel like we're so much in control. Like I lost my hair and I felt miserable because if I look from outside perspective, I thought that was a horrible thing for me to happen. And if I turned within, my prognosis or my way of healing was great. Now I'm going to see strand by strand, one hair by one hair, how it grows. Because as a child, maybe I was not very attentive. Now I can get to see and enjoy the entire process. When we change our perspective by looking within, we are able to cope and have control over situations which seemingly feel like controlless. 
I'm glad that you said changing perspectives. It's almost like stepping out of who you are and turning around and stepping a couple of feet in front of yourself and looking back. You and I talked about this a couple of years ago. Yes. We were talking about the journey that you've been on. And one of the things that always struck me and it stayed with me is you mentioned to challenge your own beliefs. Yes. I think in our society, in the way that we've grown up and the way that we've been socialized since we were little kids, we look external and we find reasons that we can use external to ourselves to blame, make excuses, and deny. What I've learned from you is that, you know the old adage, when you point finger at somebody else, there's three pointed back at you? Yes. The belief system that we've all grown up with, which is looking outside to find that blame, excuses, and denial. But you taught me it's looking inside because that is what you can control. External to us, we have no control over how other people act or behave or treat us or what didn't happen to us, what opportunities didn't come to us. But the opportunity that we do have is to take a look inside, and that's challenging our own beliefs. Yes, definitely. Because beliefs are, I call them undercurrents of our life. They might not be on the surface, like you can't pinpoint of where your action or reaction is coming from, but there is a strong undercurrent of a strong belief that's leading you to behave one way or another. Another thing I want to bring to everyone's attention is we are as a society, and I'm going to call this as a pandemic. It's not only East or West, because this is now a global. It is a pandemic where we have learned to delegate our well-being to others. I walk up to a clinic and I want a doctor to treat me and get me out of a situation. I walk up to my boss saying, you need to provide me the ideal situation for me to be productive or functional. We ask our partner, we ask our kids to conform so that we can be well and we can feel happy. There are so many outside delegations that happen, and we totally forget that when we delegate, we lose control. If we really want to control, yes, you can delegate, but don't give your reins in someone else's hands. So we have a global pandemic delegating our happiness and well-being to others. Yes. You've thought this through. You've lived this. You've lived this to an extent that most people will never have a chance to live this. And I don't wish that upon anybody because I know you've gone through some pretty difficult things, but I think that you've actually used that to your advantage to change your own perspective, to step outside of yourself and take a look back and to learn from what it is that you're seeing, learn from what you're going through and finding a better way. Yes. I was perhaps not given a choice. I was stripped away from everything. I call them hooks of life that kind of holds us up. I went through all of it in a short span and at the same time, financially, relationships, whether it was physical illness, and it was just suicidal depression, emotional, mental trauma. When everything is stripped away, guess what? The only thing I had to rely on and to work with was my being. Because as long as my being was breathing, I had something to work with. And that's the kind of hope and inspiration I want to bring to people 
you don't need too many things. You can just have your being and you can resurrect and build your life back up. Like today, if I fast forward from 10 years back when I lost everything, I have rebuilt every part of my life. And not only bigger, better, but healthier and happier. What more can I ask? We've got so many people that subscribe to this show and listen to this show that are in positions of leadership or positions of responsibility in organizations and communities. And pretty much every single one of them at one point or another in their life, they're going to be challenged and they're going to have to go through a difficult circumstance. And I think if they come back to that message that you just delivered, that's what's going to help carry them through. Be reminded just by tuning into your body, be reminded of your own being by tuning into the miracles that are actually going on right now inside of you. The fact that your body is breathing and that the blood is circulating and that all of these amazing things are happening without you making a decision about it. All of these things are going on and that is the miracle of your own being. That's the wellness within yourself, is it not? Yes. And that's why embrace your uniqueness. A lot of my friends walk up to me and say, I'm not as connected with my body as you are because of your life experiences. You are more in touch with it. And I say one simple exercise, which will make you realize right now, and I want us to try it. If you were to just close your fist. I'm doing it. Close your palm, make it into a fist and hold it tight, 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 tight. Okay. And then just release it. Do you feel the sensation running through? Oh my God. Yeah. It feels so much better. <laughs> right? So those sensations are energy flowing through you. You are a human being and you are made up of energy. That energy flowing through your body talks to you. It conveys messages if you are willing to hear. It's like that little voice that as a child we were told that God speaks to you in that little voice and you should hear it. As we grow up in our busy lives and chaotic world, we somehow lose touch to it. So that's why I just say, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it cosmic energy, but there is this powerful source within you that constantly guides you and communicates with you, and it can take you out of any situation. This is something that you inspired in me. And that is to really tune in inside rather than always looking outside and pointing fingers and trying to expect somebody else to come to the rescue. The power of being. It's an amazing force. Yep. And it can conquer the world. I mean, literally, it has the capacity. No matter which currents you are swimming against, it will always keep you intact and it will always lead you in the right direction. I've heard you tell your story a few times, and we haven't even scratched the surface on the message that you deliver to audiences. Whether you are giving a keynote address or working with somebody one-to-one, -one, I know that I'm always blown away every time that I hear you talk. You face some very deep uncertainty and some crazy odds, and still, you've managed to rise up and bloom like that lotus flower that emerges from the mud. And I find that your message and your advice to be absolutely inspiring. Now, before we let you go, I've got a couple of questions for you. And I want to start with this one. 
What advice can you give organizational leaders and people leaders out there today? I like to use this metaphor. Try to find clarity and understand yourself. Once you do that, you are able to inspire and lead others. A lot of times I notice people are unclear on what they need as leaders, as managers. And when that does not get communicated, they're unhappy with the results. So works hand in hand, meaning both the parties are responsible to look within and have that clarity and communication. But communication is 90% of what we do. Doesn't matter what profession, doesn't matter which job role you are in. And if you have that utmost clarity and understanding where you're coming from, who you are, and what do you want, you can make any relationship thrive and inspire others. Wow, that is so well said. My goodness, I've got goosebumps listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Radha, here's my last question for you for the show. What does inspired leadership mean to Radha Kalaria? For me, inspired leadership definitely has those two qualities, is embracing uniqueness and believing in your innate resourcefulness. Because when I start with those two strong beliefs, as a leader, I'm able to embrace each and every one from those two aspects. So rather than me going out and doubting someone's capability as a leader, I can easily tap into whatever resources they can bring to the team and I can embrace their uniqueness. Because I think uniqueness and diversity is really our strength. We are in this chaotic world right now where we are trying to make everyone look like the magazine picture we see. But the beauty really lies and the strength lies in all of us being unique and resourceful in our own little ways. And inspired leaders can bring this out by representing themselves in that light. Fantastic. There it is, folks. Great wisdom on well-being from an amazing guest right here on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. That right there should persuade you to subscribe to the show right now. Rada, thank you so much for joining us here to share your difficult journey with us and to help all of us become even better with your words of wisdom. Thank you, Terry. And a huge thank you to our audience. You're the reason that we search the globe for amazing stories and perspectives like those we just heard from Rada Calaria. Scroll down to see the show notes for links to Rada, and I encourage you to reach out to her and connect, especially if you're looking for a gifted keynote speaker for your next event, for a coach, or as a consultant. Don't forget to tune in again to the Inspiring Leaders Show, brought to you by Ubiquity.coach. Thanks again, everyone. Take care, and bye for now.